Whether you're in a relationship or looking to fall in love, don't you wish there was a manual to help you figure it all out? Dr. Love has created a collection of 12 ebooks that will help you navigate everything romance from first dates to marriage. Visit valentineislove.com to get the whole collection for just $49.99. You don't have to do this alone. Go to valentineislove.com and make this day the start of something that will last forever. Don't miss out. Go to valentineislove.com now. Greetings, friends, your host, Billy Dean Shoemate III, and welcome back to another episode of Odd Places. This podcast is brought to you by the Ford Motor Company and Microsoft. What? Was the intro freaky out a little bit? You thought it was called Strange Places? You thought I was sponsored by DistroKid and Anchor? Maybe you just remembered it wrong. This show may be called Odd Places. Where do you get strange places from? Is that something that your memories told you? Is that something that your mind convinced you of? Based on the title, you might know where I'm getting at here. We talked about this particular thing a little bit when we kind of went into the Mandela Effect thing. Now, I don't have any notes this time. <laughs> I don't have any kind of scripting written. I have my chair kicked all the way back like I'm freaking Joey Diaz. I have my feet up, which I, I, I kind of like this, actually. <laughs> I never uh, sit in a reclined position while doing this podcast because I don't need to do any research today. Why? Well, we're still going to make this plenty informative. And I might have some smoking gun shit for you, too. But we don't need to do any research on this one. Because there's nothing to research. Everything that you pull up will be incorrect. Yes, this podcast is called Strange Places. Yes, it's sponsored by DistroKid and Anchor. But is it really? Is that subject to change? The Berenstein Bears thing, and actually, for uh, I wasn't clear on how to spell Ber Berenstein, <laughs> so I had to look it up. Naturally, you're going to pull up a word if you're, uh, let's say, older than, I would say older than 20, because a lot of the genesis of this is a little bit hard to pin down. You're going to pull up a word that was going to freak you out a little bit. Freak you out a little bit, but you're not going to recognize. When this whole thing blew up on the internet, I was just as dumbfounded as everybody else. Baron Stain. What the hell is a Baron Stain? You ask anybody from our generation. Berenstein. If, try to try to say Baron Stain to anybody older. Let's say older than twenty. Try to say Baron Stain to them. They'll correct you. They'll say, no, 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 it's Steen, man. This is something that could easily be chalked up as faulty memory, as name confusion, and any publication that you read is going to, you know, officially, is going to chalk it up to just that. Name confusion, some kind of 
retroactive memory distortion. There's a ton of explanations for it. And we talked about this a little bit on a previous episode, but I think that we need to go into it at length. This is one of the very few things, if not the truly, I mean truly, the only thing that we've talked about on this podcast that legitimately scares the shit out of me. This is something that shook me to my core. And it's one of those things that I wondered, why isn't this a bigger thing than it is? Why isn't everybody as alarmed as I am? You could say faulty memory. You could say people remembered it wrong. You could say this. You could say that. Mandela effect, whatever. A lot of people say there is some validity to the Mandela effect, but it just goes back to, you know, the human brain just not being a very efficient uh, memory storage system. You know, <laughs> when you look back on your memories, uh, your brain stores very, very little of that. We've proven that, that your brain fills in a lot of these gaps. But something that was so prominent in a lot of our childhoods, even kids now, they, they know what the Berenstein Bears are. I can't even say stain. It just sounds weird coming out of my mouth. We talk about firsthand accounts and stuff like that a lot on this show and how unless you're some kind of an expert, I don't believe they should be counted. Maybe going off the little rail, the rails a little bit here and or possibly breaking my own rule. I am an author myself, so maybe I am a fucking expert. But I distinctly remember Steen. I have no idea what a Baron Stain is. No clue. And I might have some proof. That's right. Is it smoking gun? Depends on... Your version of smoking gun depends on what you think smoking gun evidence is. To me, I think it's pretty damn compelling. And it comes by the way of a videotape. Now, I'm not going to say what you think I'm going to say. <laughs> All a lot of those people posting online that, oh, I found a VHS tape with Steen on it, you know. That can so easily be faked because for all intents and purposes, it looks like everything that contained the name Steen got changed to Stain. People are going back to their childhood homes, digging through boxes and freaking out. I mean, this goes beyond just, I'm, I'm sure there are people out there that are just getting views and, you know, playing it up and stuff like that. But there are people who are legitimately frightened about this, that their childhood books have changed. This is just one of those things, like I said, that in part in my lack of being able to speak eloquently on the fly, I'm not really good at doing that. But I'm going to try my best here. That's why I'm taking pauses, because I'm trying to formulate my thoughts as best I can. Like I said, uh, we might be breaking our own rule here with first-hand uh, first accounts. But as I sit here, something changed. I don't know what happened. I don't know how it happened. I don't know when it happened. I don't know what caused it. It was fucking steam, man. Do you hear this in my voice? My voice is actually shaky talking about this. Something happened. I'm not remembering it wrong, damn it. 
That's an insult. That's an insult to my intelligence. That's an insult to a lot of people's intelligence. You're saying that millions of people worldwide remember this name incorrectly? The Berenstein Bears, I can't even say stain. <laughs> the bear, it just rolls off. And that, I'll get into that. The Berenstain Bears franchise was first established. Stan and Jan Berenstain published the big, uh, the big Honey Hunt in 1962. 1962, these books have been around. They were the staple of everybody's childhood from my mom's generation all the way now to what? What are we? The, the Generation Z. I mean, all the way down the line, all the way down the line, and. This, this this just goes beyond faulty memory, man. I, I'm telling you. I hope you can hear it in my voice. It was Steen. This might sound like a rant of an episode, but this is something that's deeply troubling to me. Very bizarre. It really... I thought it was interesting when it popped up online that the whole Baron Steen Bears thing had changed. Because you can't forget something like that. We all had the books. We all had the tapes. We all watched the show. We all had the video games. All of us who grew up during that time, we all had it. It was such a big deal in our childhood. Imagine, you young cats out there, younger cats. I, I'm almost 40, so I got to say young cats. Imagine, just imagine if one day, I'm serious, this is how we feel. Balls to bones. Imagine you wake up tomorrow morning and people keep telling stories. Remember that kid's show about that big yellow dinosaur that would sing songs and stuff? Bernie? Remember him? And you're sitting here going, no, no, that's not right. But then you retroactively look at your old VHS tapes and your books and you talk to people. And there are some people that go like, no, it was Barney. He was purple. But then there are some people who say, you're crazy, it was always yellow. He was always named Bernie. That's happening too. People of my generation are saying, no, it was it was Stain. But the vast majority of them are saying, no, I don't, uh, I don't understand that, that's Stain. To me, this goes beyond the Mandela thing. This goes beyond Fruit of the Loom having a cornucopia. Yeah, we all had Fruit of the Loom shirts. You know, we all wore that stuff. We all knew who Ma Nelson Mandela you know, we, we all know who he is. But as often as I wore Fruit of the Loom shirts, and I still swear there was a cornucopia in that logo, it was not a major everyday part of my childhood, something that I was exposed to every single day. This one is downright frightening. Something happened. I don't know what it was. I don't know what caused it. Some people are saying that perhaps a, there was a dimensional shift or one universe collided into ours and they melted together or one part of the multiverse was destroyed and some of our consciousness or you know whatever got merged into another one, that there's some kind of multiverse thing happening. I don't know. I can't prove that. All I can prove, God damn it, is that it was not Baron Stain. I'm telling you. This is some scary stuff. I don't know how it changed. I don't know what made it change, but I'm not remembering it wrong, man. I'm not. 
And what really freaked me out about it when uh, I thought it was interesting, I thought it was, you know, thought provoking when I saw it on the Internet, didn't pay it too much attention. I thought it was pretty damn weird. But then I decided to test it. I called my mom and I said, hey, mom, you remember uh, that show that I used to watch when I was a kid with the family of bears? She goes, oh, yeah, Berenstein Bears. Man, you love that. I was like, thanks, mom. I got to go. He's like, you don't want to talk? Say, yeah, I'll talk later. I got kind of an experiment going. And when I say that, she knows I got gears turning. I got to go, you know. She knows me. I call my dad. Hey, dad, you remember that show that I used to watch when I was little? Like that family of bears, remember? He goes, oh, yeah, Berenstein Bears, man. We used to watch that all the time. I was like, okay, that's two for two. I call my girlfriend's dad. Hey, you remember that show about the family of bears, you know? We used to watch it as kids, like our generation. He goes, oh, yeah, Berenstein Bears. Three. My grandmother, my grandfather, two uncles, every single friend I talked to of my generation, they all said Steen. But here's the thing that got me. They rattled it off without even thinking. It just rolled right off their tongue. That's when you know that something is significant. You go up to somebody and you say, what color is chocolate? Oh, I know brown. Well, it could be white too, yeah, but, but they usually rattle it off, right? What colors is... <laughs> I'm serious. What colors is the sky, man? Oh, blue, dude. We don't even have to go that obvious. What color is Winnie the Pooh shirt? Red. People say it without even thinking. So I go to my kids. They're little at this point, you know, six, seven years old. Because they watched the show. And I just, I never really paid attention when it was playing. I'd like to say that I'm positive that if I had heard Stain on the TV, with it being in my presence so often, I would have been like, whoa. But I don't recall that. I don't recall hearing Stain. That, that would have stopped me dead in my tracks. I would have been like, well, they changed it. But anyway... I got to dismiss that because being a single parent, I mean, you're often on running on no sleep. You're always busy, you know, and just, I'm not going to count that one. But I go up to my kids who were little at the time. Hey, what's that show that you guys like with that family of bears? Oh, Berenstain. Instant, without a single thought, rattled it off. Bernie the Yellow Dinosaur. They didn't even think. I said, Berenstein to them, and they corrected me. Six, seven years old kids, they corrected me. No, Dad, you're not saying it right. Generation mine, generation before mine. That's what bugged me. These people were rattling it off like it was their mother's name. Something that they knew from childhood. Didn't even have to think. Oh, Berenstein. I guarantee you go up to anybody, 30s to, I would say 30s to 60s, do this, <laughs> do this in your own life. Count, write, as, the more the better, because that goes into statistics. The more the better, at least 20, if you can pull that off. Take 20 people, write their names on a list that fit in that generational category and ask them. See how quick they rattle that off, Berenstein. That's significant to me. Did I remember it wrong? Are the kids incorrect? So I do the same thing that everybody else does. 
I tracked down my books. I tracked down my VHS tapes. My jaw about hit the floor. All these things from childhood that I owned had a different word on them? I'm telling you, man, if that doesn't scare the hell out of you, I don't know. I don't understand why. I was at this point where I started almost kind of feeling frantic. Like I, I was telling people, why are you not scared shitless? Why does this not bother you like it does me? And people just, uh, I don't know. They had this bizarre complacency that people, I think a, a, I think a person, <laughs> a singular, a person is smart, reflective, self-reflective, egoless, able to comprehend to dice apart, to examine. People are rather sheepish, if you catch my drift. The complacency when faced with something like this, this, uh, <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for? This bemused resignation on their faces. Your history changed. And you're not showing any concern here? It bothered me, man. And it still bothers me to this day. I'm fucking telling you something happened. It was Steen, man. So I, like I said, I go to my, to my books, my old VHS tapes. I had a shirt. I had a shirt that was in a box at my mom's house that had a bunch of my kid clothes in it. She never got rid of them because uh, for some reason, a bunch of my shirts got thrown in with my Awanas and the, my short stint in Cub Scouts. A lot of my you know regular shirts got thrown in there. Lo and behold, there's a Baron Stain shirt in there. I remember Steen, man. So to test this, I did something that, and I, I scoured the internet trying to see what people were saying about this and trying to come up with at least some kind of rational explanation. But there was one thing I didn't notice. People were looking for the physical evidence of Berenstein. I didn't want that. As weird as it sounds, because I knew I wasn't going to find it. At that point, I knew I wasn't going to. So instead of finding something with Steen on it, I went back to my childhood home movies. I wanted to see me at that age rattle the name off. And it, well, how perfect that <laughs> I was the kid to do this research on myself because I was obsessed with the Berenstein Bears as a kid, man. That was one of my favorite shows. When we went to the, I grew up in San Diego and the library is a big thing there. San Diego, uh, Chula Vista, where I grew up. Library is the happening place, man. And it's catered to kids. I mean, it's like Disneyland, that library. It's it's just awesome. I always went to the Berenstein Bear stuff. For God's sake, there was, there was a huge stuffed Berenstein Bear in the kids' section. I'm telling you, man, in my generation, it was a way of life, dude. Berenstein Bears were everywhere. So I wanted to go back and see if I could find some kind of recording some kind of home movie. I've uh, ever since I was a little kid, I always wanted to be on the radio. I idolized the radio guys like 
when I got older, you know, it was Don Imus and Howard Stern and Man Cow and stuff like that. But when I was growing up, when I was little, it was those old jazz guys because I was always fascinated by jazz music. I'm a jazz trained musician, actually. So those, you know, and now something for a blue Sunday, you know, those guys, the old jazz DJs, you know. The guys who you could tell were smoking cigars in the booth and breaking records when they got mad. Those guys. You could smell the whiskey coming out of the speakers. I idolized those guys. I was one of the only kids my age that probably you know got a kick out of radio dramas that my, my grandfather listened to. So I had my little boombox, and it just so happened to have a built-in microphone on it. And I would record songs off the radio. I'd do a block of about three, four songs, and then I would do skits and shows and stuff. I was a little kid doing this. I did this all the way up until I was like 13 years old, and I said, okay, this is kind of this is kind of childish here. I, yeah. It was like a, a don't lose your dinosaur thing, if you've ever seen Step Brothers. <laughs> it, was, it was one of those things, never lose your dinosaur. Thank God podcasting came along because... Uh, yeah, that's a long story in its own. Radio kind of crushed my dreams. I found out how corporatized it was. So thank God podcasting came around. I got to live the childhood dream, right? And be one of the less than 10% of podcasters that actually make money doing this. Pretty astounding. It's a bit dream come true for me. I love it. But I figured there had to be something around that era where I re- – see, the th- I kept thinking people are getting this all wrong. They're looking for physical evidence of something that says Berenstein. Just like on Strange Places proper, we need to tackle this with a little bit of common sense. And I did this recently. This was after the launch of Strange Places. I've been thinking about this for the past year, and I finally did it. I went digging. And I thought, you know what? We need to apply the same common sense kind of thing with the Berenstein Bears deal and talk about it in far more detail. And really dive into it, but not find something that physically says Berenstein, because obviously that ain't going to happen. I wanted to see myself from the era making reference to it, because that means something. That means when it was active, when it was prominent in my life, and I was currently absorbing it, right? Use your brain here. Use your common sense. If you take a recording from something that people say you may have remembered wrong, fine, I'll give it to you. Maybe it was Bernie. Maybe he was yellow. I could be remembering it wrong. Maybe it's uh, something with our health regimen in this country. Maybe it's the smog in the air. Maybe I'm almost fucking 40. I forget stuff all the time. It could be millions of people forgetting things. Yeah, it's just one of those kind of mental Mandela effect things. But all gloves come off and you got use your common sense. Like I said, those gloves have got to come off. That game got to fucking change when you look at a recording or listen to a recording while it's currently being absorbed at that age. If I say Baron Stain, cool, I'm walking. If I manage to find anything, took about two and a half months. I got down to <laughs> like three obscure VHS tapes 
And I'm like, oh, there's no way. One of them was Christmas 1992. The other one was a school project I was working on. The tape was only like 30 minutes long. And half of it was me and my brother playing Mortal Kombat in the living room. <laughs> and then my, it was funny, my dad, because, uh, you know, every adult male, I don't know how men got laid back then, but my dad's wearing these corduroy shorts that go up to the middle of his thigh, knee-high socks. <sighs> I'm sure that was sexy back then. <laughs> and he walks right into the frame with his shirt off, dad legs, you know, body, upper body so pale, looking like a cross between Boomhauer and, you know, Casper the Friendly Ghost. <laughs> he walks right in the middle of the frame. So I'm watching one of these last three tapes, you know. And by that time, I've, I'd watched probably 10 home movies. And it was cool, but, you know, taking that stroll down memory lane again. But now I'm getting down to the last few tapes. I see my dad's corduroy clad ass <laughs> walk into frame, you know, and my eyes are just glazed over at this point. And all of a sudden, I turn to my brother and say, let's get our Berenstein Bears books. My blood froze. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. And it's there. It's fucking there. From a videotape from 1992. I said Berenstein as I was currently in that point in my life daily absorbing it. That is significant. That to me, use your common sense. Use your brain. Take all preconceived stuff. Toss it out the window. That is significant. When you hear it from a child who was actively uh, soaking in this entertainment and this material, saying it right there as it was being recorded. Nothing retroactive could have happened there. There was nothing to Photoshop. There was nothing to overdub. There was nothing to CG. This family tape has been sitting in my closet. You know what I mean? I had to buy a VCR at the Goodwill to even get it. You know, I didn't have a VCR. It sucks. I went through two VCRs because uh, one of the VCRs I got from Goodwill ate a priceless freaking tape to me. Of, I had my grandfather on it playing with us in the backyard. Fucking VCR ate the tape. But <clears throat> when I turned to my little brother and said, let's get our Berenstein Bears books. I can't describe the emotion I felt at that point. It was weird. I got this overwhelming, almost a sense of dread because I knew something happened that was cosmically beyond our control. And then your mind goes to different places. You're like, it's a butterfly effect thing, right? Butterfly flaps, it flaps its wings in New York in a different way than fate should have had it. And then an earthquake happens in Japan. You don't want to go that extreme. But the butterfly effect theory does have some merit. Tiny changes can cause disastrous results. That's why we're strongly discouraged by modern scientists from going back in time. If you knew some kind of horrible tragedy was going to happen. Yeah, you want to save lives, man. But depending on how far back it is, you might be messing up entire family trees. Let's say you go back to, I don't want to get all new agey on you. 
But you go back to the prehistoric period. You know, you ever see that episode of The Simpsons where Homer accidentally makes a time machine with a toaster? <laughs> and he makes these tiny, almost insignificantly small changes, steps on a bug, sneezes on a dinosaur, you know, and then it causes these tremendous changes down the road. How do you know that that fish crawling out of the muck, how do you know that wasn't the one that sprouted the legs? You could have doomed the entire human race. That monkey that you stood and observed and it stared at you for a little bit too long, if you hadn't have been there, it would have discovered the wheel. It would have made fire. I know the wheel came later, but you see what I'm saying? How the hell do we know anyway? That was even before recorded history. Think about that for a second. You go back in time, you want to see proto-humans, right? You want to observe them in their natural habitat. You're not going to touch anything. You're not going to do anything like that. You're just going to observe a proto-human from a safe distance, right? It notices you in the tree, looks at you for two seconds, loses interest. That two seconds could have been the two seconds that sparked the idea for it to create fire. You just doomed mankind or set it back thousands of years. It's tiny changes like that. They could have huge results. What if you went back and killed Hitler when he was still in his mother's womb? Would you have saved millions of people? Would it be worth it? A lot of us say, yeah, and you know what? I can't blame you for saying that. But what would it do? What would be the consequences? Would it give rise to somebody 10 times more powerful and 20 times more evil? Would we have peace on earth and goodwill toward men? Who knows? But I'm telling you, the change is going to be drastic. You go back to that primordial period. A mosquito lands on your neck. You smack at it. And the mosquito survives. Now, you got a mosquito flying around with your DNA on it. You dig? Tiny events like that snowball. So I get to saying, what the hell happened? I can't get over that. I saw a videotape from the time. And I said, Steen, without thinking, rattled it off. And when you ask a kid today, you know, the story, boom, without thinking, Berenstain. It wasn't Stain, man. And I know I didn't remember it wrong. Everybody who tried to come up with an explanation for all this, screw you. I know we don't pay attention to firsthand accounts and stuff like that. Let's screw it. Let's say I am an expert. I've written 40 freaking novels. Yeah, let's say I'm an expert regarding writing. I've written a kid's book. I've written 40 novels, man. 40. Yeah, I'm a fucking expert. Let's just say that, shall we? I saw what I saw. As an expert, as a novelist myself, I'm just going to tell you candidly. I normally don't curse as much on this on, on these shows, but I'm just speaking to you like I would if I'm sitting across the table from you right now or just sharing, you know, a couple of cups of coffee. I saw what I fucking saw. I did not remember it wrong. It was Berenstein. This is one of the creepier aspects of the Mandela effect. And I wanted to be a lot more candid 
on this episode and tell you my personal experience with discovering that something very, very weird had occurred between my generation growing up and this one coming to rise. Did something merge? Was a part of, does the multiverse exist? Is there a glitch in the matrix? Did something happen? I can't tell you for sure. I can't prove any of that. But after seeing that tape, and I will be more than happy to provide an audio recording of it or show you the tape itself, but what's the point? If I post it online or whatever, you're going to think it's CG. You're going to have to come to my house and see the damn thing, <laughs> right? It just goes to, you know, back to that firsthand witness stuff again. But it's a compelling story, and we tell a lot of uh, compelling stories on this on this show. I am, and I, I use this prompt every episode well, you're with in some way, shape, or fashion, but I am more than genuinely interested. Call it a need to know because I'm working on something. I've made it kind of a, my life's mission to get the real smoking gun evidence here. I'm probably never going to find out exactly what happened, but gears are turning in my head. All I'm going to tell you right now is that I'm working on something. So let's just say I am more than genuinely interested. If you have any stories regarding Berenstein Bears, I don't want to see any evidence. I don't want to see any retroactive steens. I don't want to see any of that. If you can provide something of yourself, and this is why I didn't go and look for some other kid. I could have easily done that. You know, contacted a bunch of my friends. Hey, do you have any videotapes of you reading Berenstein Bears or watching it or whatever? I would have found somebody eventually. But that kind of iced it for me. It had to be me. It had to be me. Because I was there. And I lived that life. There's nothing more solid than that, boy. So if you have any similar experiences like that, call it a need to know. Contact me. I'm in the process of compiling something. And if it comes to fruition, we'll do another episode about it. But I would just I wanted to talk about the Berenstein Bears thing. One of the few things on this uh, podcast that we've tackled that I've lost sleep over. So what do you guys think? Make sure to go on Asylum817.com. That's Asylum817.com for all things Strange Places related. All the social media links are there as well as the link to get to our Patreon account where you can get everything from bonus episodes, giveaways of certain tiers, all kinds of stuff. Little as a, little as a dollar a month, man. Ad-free stuff. Go check it out. Shout out to the patrons, by the way. The Kunkel Homestead YouTube channel. I said that weird. Kunkel Homestead YouTube channel. Donald Haynes. David Peterson. The show wouldn't be around if it wasn't for you guys. I genuinely appreciate it. So, uh, yeah, that's all we got. Are we ever going to run out of strange areas to talk about? I don't think so. Because every municipality has a strange area, and maybe one day we might visit yours. This episode was brought to you by the Final Girl Friday podcast. This show, hosted by veteran voice actor and film fanatic Molly Oblivion, is the place for retrospective reviews, deep dives, and engaging commentary on all things movie horror. 
The show aims to celebrate all facets of horror filmmaking and shines in its true appreciation of its diehard, rabid fans. The host herself is no slouch. She has lent her voice to over 200 projects, including video games, escape rooms, radio plays, and the list goes on. As a professional audio engineer, take my word for it that this show is super well produced and a joy to listen to. It goes beyond that though. Any show that tackles Nightmare on Elm Street 3 and The Craft is already a winner in my book. From the famous to the obscure, this show was a freaking joy to listen to in preparation for this ad. So join me in subscribing. I just smashed that button. And if you don't, I'll tell Freddy or something. Have him take you while you're in the bathtub, pop in that weird zit. You know the one, that weird purple one you get on your inner thigh? Don't lie to me. I know it's there. Thanks, Final Girl Friday Podcast, for being our sponsor. And remember, all links to the show will be in this episode's description. Show this podcast some love, guys. 